Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ballhawks podcast. A little somber of a mood today as both the Seahawks and Ravens have been eliminated officially from the playoffs this year. We'll get more into that in a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of fun before we go down Sorrow Lane here. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And my co-host, all Seahawks swagged up from... Early this morning, don't ask me how I know that, but I do know that. <laughs> Christopher, we sometimes call him Dr. Nefario Phillips. How are you today? Oh, God, I, f- I feel like I should know this, but I don't. Little yellow creatures. Is it, okay, it is it's despicable me. You got it. Yeah, okay. He's the... We were actually watching that just before you, you popped by, and I was like, oh, I got to turn this off or else he's going to like think of it right away. <laughs> <laughs> no not because the ravens game is on but because it might uh you didn't want to show your cards yeah i mean i i, I got a, a reputation to uphold on this podcast now oh, oh that's what it is yeah something like that <laughs> many many different <laughs> reputations that you must uphold on this podcast <laughs> not sure how or why i have to but apparently i have to yeah apparently that's uh, that's what i've been told anyways yeah <laughs> Uh, happy to be here. Episode, I don't know, I lost count. 45? 46. Like that. 46, yes. Yeah, I to- told you I lost count. Samsonite. Um, the, uh, I think that's the Kenny Easley episode. I don't know. Dating myself there because that goes way before my Seahawks time. <laughs> He's either 45 or 46, I feel like, though. Anyways, uh, happy to be back for another episode. Um, be sure to follow us over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. I was listening today, I and I, I know Steve didn't say it. So be sure to follow Steve at ssfisher87. And you can find me at phillipschris12. Steve, I mean, we did see each other this morning, but how was your Sunday? Well, I don't even know if I should respond to that. I, I for sure dropped it. I'm I'm going to have to go back and check the tape. (laughs) You're going to have to do a little bit of replay investigation. Yeah. Is it, is it before or after the two minute warning? Like, is this going to be a a booth review or are you throwing the challenge flag on this one? Um, booth review. Oh, good call. Cause you would have lost your challenge flag. (laughs) Yeah. We're going up, we're going upstairs on this one. (laughs) I I, I need those timeouts just in case. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, good Sunday. One of the first few Sundays or really days at all that it's been just, sunny outside for for a while so that was really nice to see the sun and know it still exists here in uh the cloudy winter okanagan days um booth says he gave the twitter handle there we go my boy liam chiming in says uh i I guess now we've just hired liam as our booth guy so uh congratulations it comes with no pay and uh just real 
real good handshakes or high fives, whatever, whatever your choice is. Um, but we do have some really good news, Chris. I know we, uh, or I guess we, we dropped this a little earlier in the week, but we have teamed up with a, uh, a local company as a partnership, Lake Therapy Apparel. Um, they're based out of a Soyuz, uh, ethically sourced apparel uh just kind of has that small town kind of vibe to it um we've got some gear coming our way pretty soon here i think there's you know little delays with uh with how bad the roads are right now we were hoping to to have it for this uh episode but that's okay we'll we'll post some stuff on twitter and instagram and stuff like that you can see chris just put up on the banner there that if you go to uh, lakeTherapyApparel.ca, and when you're checking out your gear, use the code Ballhawks for ten percent off. And uh, yeah, I, I, Chris, I first uh, came across this company uh, every year around Christmas time at the uh, I, th- I think they call it the the Christmas fair at Prospera Place. Is that, is that what they call it? The big one? Yeah, the Christmas fair, market, whatever. Yeah, market, whatever it is. And of course, there's like, you know, a thousand different booths or something like that. And uh, their booth kind of just stood out to me. So I, I don't know what it was, why it kind of stood out to me. But uh, the more I started looking into this company, it was it was somebody I wanted to partner up with for sure. Um, they They use local artists in all of their um, designing and, and drawings and stuff like that. Um, sourcing small Canadian U S supplies suppliers. Um, and honestly, the merch is just really cool looking. Um, you, you, I, I won't show everybody what we got yet. We'll, we'll do that grand reveal, uh, another time, but some, some really cool swag here. And of course, being a loyal listener, you guys get 10% off. So check them out. Um, and more to come with that. How was your Sunday, Chris? Uh, it was good. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. I, I did witness a car accident after leaving your place today, (laughs) which, uh, I must say that was probably the first time I've ever actually been like, actually, no, that's not true. It was the the set. Uh, it hasn't happened, uh, too many times that I've been right there to see somebody else's car get hit. Um, but guy pulled into a roundabout right in front of a dump truck. Um, poor, poor decision. But other than that, uh, you know, gr- the, the regular grocery shop once. Oh, it looks like we have pop-ups popping up on my screen right now. Oh, there you are. You're, you're back in now here, Chris. Oh, did did something happen? You're you're a little glitchy today. You're just. It's, I just had a bunch of pop pop ups pop up on my screen. Okay. Um, yeah, all the, all the porn in the background is trying to filter its way <laughs> to say, the front. Maybe uh, maybe use your use better antivirus if you're going on those kinds of sites. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we don't gotta, you guys know to see the phone for that stuff now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least it'll just ruin a phone right i mean my phone's probably worth more than my computer now though um yeah so a, a lot to get to uh in the nfl um 
you know, obviously we're going to get into all of the, the football stuff that happened today. But the first one I wanted to mention because it's just so damn funny. And this guy is one of my favorite NFL people uh, of all time is Steve Smith Sr. And I, I love him more than just because he was uh, a Baltimore Raven. He's just honestly one of the I just feel like he's the most one of the most real guys when it comes to speaking his opinion. He's never been shy of that. I, I remember the one uh I can't remember who it was, but it was like training camp or something like that. And he got into a skirmish with like a D tackle or something like this huge guy on his team. And he just beat the living tar out of him. All like five foot nine of Steve Smith Sr. Um but he obviously got into uh the headlines this week for his tweet back at Baker Mayfield and I had it up and now I've lost it. So I'm, did you see it? I did. Well, what was your first reaction? (laughs) Well, while I go actually pull it up here. That, uh, Steve Smith just put Baker Mayfield in a body bag. There's there's, (laughs) like, we were talking about it in, in our group chat and there's, nothing that Baker can do say or do to come back from what Steve Smith said to him. Like he just absolutely shut him down. Like Baker was complaining about the media and it was basically just like Steve Smith saying, you know, shut your mouth and play better. (laughs) Um, But a lot more, um, you know, pointed words than that. Now I I still can't find it. Do you want to, do you want to try and look it up? I've got a few. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's just something about Steve Smith senior where I just love the rawness of it. Like he's just so he, he does not shy away from any sort of comment, whatever it is. And basically it's like, just shut up and realize that you are the reason this team is failing on offense. Basically. Um, we don't actually have to pull the tweet up. I just thought it was really fun. I'm sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, he, I, I can't, remember. I think, I think I put it in our group chat, but um. yeah, it was, I mean, so Baker Mayfield tweeted at one of the, here it is. So Baker oh, yeah. was replying to Mary Kay Cabot, Cabot, anyways, saying Baker Mayfield must resolve his differences with Kevin Stefanski soon in case they need to coexist next season. Also, some names that will be on the radar if they don't. He replied to her saying, clickbait, you and many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama-stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. (laughs) And then Steve Smith, a day later, clickbait, uh, and he put three, uh, you know, laughing, uh, cry laughing emojis. The way you play is clickbait. <laughs> we, with quote, with quotations, the media aren't putting words in your mouth. Son, the way you play is taking food off the table of your teammates and coaches. <laughs> Do me a favor, STFU, and play football. You're holding this team back and everyone knows it. Hashtag facts. Oh, he's just, he's so good. Like, 
what what's the clickbait between it like obviously there's there's something going on whether it's like he's not jiving with Kevin Stefanski's offense now or Stefanski's not feeling he's the like quarterback of the future we all thought or not we all thought it was basically implied that Odell Beckham could not coexist in this offense because he wasn't good enough he goes to LA and he seems pretty damn good still um which would then lead me to believe that hmm, maybe Baker's the problem or I don't know. Maybe Kevin Stefanski's offense is, I don't know. I, I I'm going to leave that one there. I just, there's so much to get into on that one. Maybe we'll have uh Ted in again in the off season to come on and, and chat what he thinks they should do going forward. Cause I know he doesn't want to see Baker get paid long-term right now. No, I, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, I've said it on this show that the Cleveland Browns were the paper champions this year. Yeah. Everyone looked at their roster and said, Oh God, this is such a good team and they should go far in the playoffs and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and obviously there, there's something going on there that is causing that team to not perform up to how they should. I mean, with the amount of talent they have there, they definitely, uh, you know, didn't finish the weight. I think they should have. Yeah. And again, we'll get more into that in some off season episodes, because uh, if you remember correctly, I had the Ravens winning the AFC North. Uh, they finished fourth out of four teams in the AFC North. So um, what what do I know? What do I know? Nothing. Hey, uh, guess who else finished fourth in their division? Yeah. That's why we do a podcast, buddy. Oh, other way. Hey. Oh, oh we can't even like virtually high five. We're so stupid. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're the bad luck charm. Like though we just started the podcast, you know, our, our teams weren't in the basement. Here we are. Lone hey, our teams are awesome. Let's start a podcast so we could talk about them. And then they missed the playoffs <laughs> in the first year of our podcast. God damn it. This is so much fun. Oh, we're fun. Don't blame us guys. Yeah. Don't blame us. I mean, Ravens, Ravens fans, feel free to add Steve. At SS Fisher 87, in case you missed that. At me. It's all his fault. At me, bro. Um, Okay, let's get into some stuff today. There's a really hilarious one that we got to talk about, and I know you didn't see this one, or maybe you you watched like a replay of it, because I I sent you... Oh, I guess I sent you the link to it. Um, The New York Football Giants. What in the hell are you doing? So... (laughs) The scenario was third and nine, and they're on their own four-yard line. So, okay, you don't want to take a safety. What do you do? What do most traditional teams do if they're concerned about, like, offensive line? What would they do, Chris? Oh, I know all the conservative play calls. I okay, have a conservative head coach. What would you do? Draw. A draw. A handoff. A draw. You just you run it. You run the ball. You oh, hope we're gonna, you, throw, we're gonna throw it psych draw. Yeah. You just you hand the ball off if you're concerned about taking a sack to try and get you know some extra yards. At that point, you're probably not running for nine yards, um, but it's worth a try. No, instead, uh, Joe Judge decided to allow the call of a quarterback sneak. L- let me let me repeat myself there in case you missed that. Third down and nine yards to go. 
and you did a quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneaks at the best of times, you want one yard, two yards, three yards if you fall an extra yard forward. That's like the most you could ever hope for on a quarterback sneak. Just what, like, does you, uh, what you uh, in our, when we were talking, you were like, oh, are they trying to get Joe Judge fired? And then I was yeah, like, dude, I, I Joe Judge. The how to get the how to get Joe Judge fired formation. But it's not even that. It's how does Joe Judge get himself fired? Because he has the ultimate call to say, like, like I don't know who their offensive coordinator is, but I would be like, hey, dude, we're not doing a quarterback sneak here. Like, that's stupid. We're going to look stupid. We're going to be the laughing stock of the NFL. Like, what was is even he just better too- was, like, the formation. Like, they had three running backs lined up. Like, it almost looks like they're going to take a knee. Yeah, I, I thought that's like what looked, they were actually going to do. Almost looked like victory formation, but we all know the Giants don't know what victory, victory formation is. <laughs> they're like, we can't use that when it has the word victory in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else can we run? Quarterback Coach, sneak. Coach, we yeah. don't have that in the playbook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they, like, take a knee, but they, like, move over to, like, the other hash where, like, their kicker likes to kick from. That would be hilarious right. if they did that. <laughs> My favorite is Tom Brady because Tom Brady will like, like lean forward to take a knee so he doesn't lose a yard. Oh yeah, pad those stats, he, well, baby. Those fantasy managers exactly, love him. That's exactly it. It's to uh, keep his uh, what is it? His he's finally over a thousand rushing yards in his career. Oh really? He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose any of those. Uh, he has been for a few seasons now, but he's not willing to give up any of those yards anymore. That's wild. <laughs> Um, all right. So there was a couple records being set, Chris, and I know you voiced your displeasure of stats and records, but I think that was more because of the types of records or, or things that were being set were so just ridiculous. Like Ben Roethlisberger never loses a game after like the Thanksgiving weekend when they play at home wearing their white jerseys or whatever it was. Um, But there are some, you know, big milestones that were set. Um, This week was like an Oprah episode. You get a record and you get a record and you get a record. The funny thing is this is going to be the, uh, the old school thought people. This is going to be their argument as to why these records don't hold up. Oh, this isn't a record because you guys got an extra 17th game in there. And I was listening to, I think it was a Rich Eisen podcast um, on the weekend. And the conversation basically came down to like, okay, who do you, who do you believe holds the rushing title right now for rushing yards? And like a couple people, you know, would say what Chris? would be the, who would be the rushing champ record Emmett Smith no in a season you donkey oh Dickerson there you go Eric Dickerson most people would say he has the rushing hey, title okay, but I got I got both right suck it you did get both right but you just weren't paying yeah. attention to me no, so <laughs> long story explained long I guess here um he basically said well if you consider Eric Dickerson, the rushing champion, why don't you consider uh, um, O.J. Simpson the rushing champ? Because he did 2,000 yards in just 14 games. So isn't that the standard we go to? Now you've added two extra games. Um, 
My big thing is I just don't care. Records were meant to fall. I think some records are fun when they're they're so tough to get to and then you beat those records. I don't care if it, you need a 17th game. I don't care if you need an 18th game. If you're having a great season is what that first means. So Jalen Waddle broke uh, Anquan Bolden's uh, receptions. Uh, I think Bolden had 102, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so that for a rookie pass catcher, Jalen Waddle now has the record for uh, the most receptions in a year. Uh, Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase set franchise single season records for receiving yards for their teams for the Green Bay Packers and Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, also very cool. And then obviously I saw this one live. Uh, TJ Watt tied Michael Strahan with 22 and a half sacks. Um, and, and he actually did it in less games than Strahan because he missed two games this year. True. I, I don't know how many games Strahan played. Did he play a full season with his? It, it's something know. I've never looked at, but regardless, like I, I don't care if he played all 17, like he's just going out and doing his job. He's having a phenomenal year. Like when he gets sacks, they come in bunches, like three, four, five sometimes. Um, so yeah, they, he obviously shares a record with Strahan for that one. And uh, good for those I guys. Tom Brady broke uh, oh, most right. completions in a se- single season. Uh, Drew Brees held the previous record with 471. Uh, Brady had 485 completions this season. So wow. uh, that was another one that, uh, that, that got broken, I guess, today. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you would expect some of these records would get broken. The one I was really hoping that would get broken that didn't was Cooper Cup uh, setting the all-time receptions. Uh, I think it was Mike Thomas had the old record. I think he was like four short. Isn't it negative? Isn't it Calvin Johnson? So Calvin Johnson has the yards record, which I think he was like 30 or something short of that. But I'm talking just receptions in a year. I think Mike Thomas did like 130 or 132 or something like that. And I know uh, Cup needed 12 and he got eight. But he still put up eight catches for 112 yards in that game. Like what he was doing this year was just otherworldly. It was awesome to see um, and he was one of my favorite players coming out of the draft a few years ago as well. Uh, last one before we get into the dark saga that are our off-season teams. Uh, the coaching carousel has already started, Christopher. Uh, this morning we woke up to the Denver Broncos firing uh, Vic Fangio from his duties. Old man Vin. Victor, uh, just a real treat this year to deal with, uh, being a Ravens fan. I think he's best suited for a defensive coordinator position. Uh, tried his hand at the head coach, didn't work out. I think, you know, he'll still be a great asset to a team looking to pick up a uh, defensive coordinator. That is, if he is willing to go back to just being a defensive coordinator. I always find those I don't ones think, a little hard, I don't think right? the decision is necessarily his. Well, I mean, it I mean is. Unless, unless he doesn't want to coach at all. Right. But here's the thing. I, I called this this part when in our uh, Google Docs here, the coaching carousel for a reason. Yep. It always just boggles my mind where 
you take the same people who have failed in one organization and you just rotate them around. You're like, all right, you want to try it over here? Okay, cool. What about you? Oh, all right. Why don't you take this guy from us? And I just feel like there's got to be more creative ways to find the answers to your problems. Like the rumors that the Jaguars are actually, it's not even a rumor. They've got the interview set up that the Jaguars are interviewing Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Right. Who has to, uh, I don't know, help coach Bama go try to win a national championship tomorrow. But he goes Um, to Bama for what? One season. And he's already getting the shot to come back to the NFL. Yeah. And like, Like. I was talking with, uh, a, f- a few guys, uh, our, our buddy Nick, who we play fantasy football with, he's a big Bama fan as well. And I was like, isn't it funny how like Bill O'Brien was literally the laughing stock of the NFL? The joke was, if you needed to get good value out of somebody, go talk to Bill O'Brien. And he wasn't that great of a coach because his teams were losing. So it yeah, it it's just mind boggling to me how these guys keep getting chance after chance after chance and you're like when does it ever stop like when when do we start hiring i don't know people who have good resumes that maybe haven't tried their you know hand in the nfl realm yet like i'm thinking we we knew he was coming up as like a, a young offensive guru mastermind but i'm sure there's more guys like sean mcveigh who could do a just fine job of being a head coach in the NFL. To me, it's worth trying somebody new rather than just like picking up somebody else's, you know, off cast. Like these, these dudes got relieved from their job for a reason because they were not producing. And like, I know tomorrow we're going to see it where it's like, Oh, this person is like rumored to go over here. And that person's rumored to go over here. Like, I just don't get when this, this old man thought, ever goes away like it's such an old school football thought we see i mean it's not just football right like we we see it in in professional hockey as well it's just it's the same guys getting the same jobs doing the same thing and it's just it's somebody like they, they did one thing right once upon a time and it's you know a team hiring this person to be like well like maybe this time, like maybe they can like recapture that magic. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said Fangio's out. Well, I mean, it sounds like uh, Mike Zimmer is probably going to be out in Minnesota. So now does right. Denver go out and hire Mike Zimmer? Cause he's also a defensive minded minded coach or do they want to f- go with an offensive minded coach? Like maybe a guy like Matt Nagy, who's also probably <laughs> going to be on the outs, uh, you know, after uh, tomorrow, you know, they, they call, the, the first Monday after the season, uh, I think Black Monday or something like yeah. that, because there's so many, you know, people being fired and and let go and whatever. I mean, you know, there's even like, you know, what's going to happen with Pete Carroll? Like, nobody knows. Like, there was, a, I saw a thing the other day. It was like, nobody knows what Jody Allen plans to do. So it's like, yeah, we just play the waiting game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that was really interesting to me, and just because of when, uh, obviously I was doing some Raven Steelers watch before the game started. And uh, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert is going to step down after the 2022 Steelers draft, which is a very strange one for me because, like, when you look at Ben, this is his last, you know, 
his last rodeo. We'll see if that's actually true, by the way. Um, now you get a chance to, you know, restock this team and, and build this team up the way you really see the future of the Steelers going. So like, if you're going to step down, why don't you just step down right now? Why, why are you waiting to do like one more draft to then leave? Uh, that part was kind of confusing to me. He's probably done all the, all the work already, right? Like all the scouting, all the, like all, all the back end work to, to go into this draft that for someone to come in and, and take over that position with what three or four months before the draft, maybe just doesn't want to leave the team in a position where they could be potentially shorthanded at such an important uh, position in the fr- in within the organization. Yeah, I, I get that. I I understand that part. Like, you don't want to leave your guys just sort of high and dry. But like you said, there is still, what, three, four? I think it's late April is usually the draft. So almost Early four maybe, months. Like um, but whoever the new GM that you are going to put in there is going to have their own vision of where they see this team building, right? Like, that's the GM's job is to, you know, hire the right people, in terms of coaches and 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 people and executives and stuff like that, but also building a team up to see, you know, how they can compete. And you you kind of like build your identity as a GM. So it's kind of weird that you would build a team for just one more draft on how you see the team progressing and then just let someone else take kind of your off your offloaded picks, right? Like I don't know. That, that's just weird to me to to start a GM tenureship when you're like, oh, but guess what? I'm going to pick all the players for you for, for this first year. You're like, okay, <laughs> that sounds fun. I guess I'll just hope you do a good job and hope you think exactly like I do. So who knows? Um, but yeah, tomorrow will be a very interesting day. Like you said, it's the Black Monday and I have a feeling it's going to be a very busy Black Monday this year very busy yeah it, it usually is right yeah i mean there, there's going to be that one like there's going to be the ones that everyone knows about like okay mike zimmer matt nagy yeah. um but then there's there's going to be like that one like holy crap moment right yeah yeah and and it might i mean it may not happen tomorrow but it, you know might maybe it doesn't happen till after the playoffs right, right? maybe a team lose it like i don't know let's say the Rams, for example, just because they have so much talent and, and a lot of people expect them to, to go far. Maybe they lose in the first round and the Rams are like, okay, like we've seen enough from Sean McVay. Like he can't, you know, get us over the hump or, or something. I don't know. Right. Right. Like you said, it, it would be a surprise one, one that nobody's kind of forecasting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get into our teams oh. here. I'm, uh, I'm going to start with you. I think I, I I can never remember, but um, let's start with you. Your game's kind of fresh in your mind. Um, give us the Seahawks finale, the recap of the season. Yeah, Seahawks uh, finished out their season uh, in Arizona, going up against the Cardinals. Uh, finished up the season wearing their their wolf gray jerseys that the fans have been clamoring for all season on Twitter and like, why haven't you worn the great <laughs> jerseys yet? And I'm like, guys, they're going to wear them in Arizona. Like just 
patience. They yeah. always wear them in Arizona, but <laughs> which I was reminded that they actually did wear their green jerseys in Arizona a couple seasons ago. But regardless, I I was fully expecting the gray jerseys this week in week 18, and they did not disappoint, and they did not disappoint on the field either. Um, I know you kind of said that this season, this episode is like the the doom and gloom. We didn't make playoffs, blah 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 blah. But I'm like. I haven't been in the playoffs for a couple of weeks. So this week was just like, I knew there was no hope of making playoffs. Let's just go enjoy the game and, and uh, whatever happens happens. And your Seahawks came out. You're further along in the uh, stages of grief. Eh? Oh, something oh, yeah. just happened in the Vegas yeah. LA game. What happened? Chargers just scored a touchdown, uh, 29, 28, no time left on the clock. Now do the chargers go big balls? and go for two to try to win or do they just kick the PAT to go go to overtime you know what kick the PAT tie it up and tie the entire game like we've been saying <laughs> all week <sighs> this I, I was I've, I okay I called it the doom and gloom episode because my team needed a handful of things to happen in order to make the playoffs and I actually haven't. I I think all of them actually did happen. Um, But the one thing that couldn't happen was the Chargers and the Raiders tying because then nobody would get that seventh seed. Uh, It would get each one of them would get six and seven uh, respectively. So the the big discourse on Twitter was like, hey, do uh, do does each team just take 15 kneel downs and just call it a day and be like, all right, you're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. We'll figure it out later. Um, and rich actually, uh, on the rich Eisen podcast, he actually asked, uh, Brandon Staley, would you do this just flat out? Or is this something you do? And he was just like, no, we ain't no. doing that. No, no. way. Especially, especially against a division rival. Like you want to do nothing more than to send your division rival home. Right. As much like, as I would like the Steelers to like be on this cloud nine all day being like, we're going to the playoffs, yes. And then they actually just need anything other than a sister kisser to get in the playoffs and then it ends up being a tie. Oh my goodness, I would be so just freaking so happy. Now, if this, yeah, like I'm at the I'm at the point now, like this game is going to overtime. I want to see it like... <laughs> I want to see it end Obviously, in a tie, like, too. Play hard, but, I, man, I want to see a tie. <laughs> <laughs> like, more than anything, I, I want to see a tie now. Like, yeah. honestly, both teams kick a field goal, like, just to, like, <laughs> give the Steelers that much more hope and all the Steelers fans that much more hope. Yeah. Like, okay, like, okay, so, so the Raiders just won the toss. Okay, the Raiders are going to go kick a field goal. Like, oh, yeah, okay, like, this is it. We're going to get in. And then, like, the Chargers go kick a field goal. Okay, like, this is going to prolong it. And the game just ends. Or imagine they've gone through this whole game, like a 29-29 game. They've been, you know, Chargers had to come back to win it. And now they take the kneel. They're like, you know what? We'll just kneel for the 10 minutes in overtime. (laughs) I said I wouldn't do it for a whole game. Didn't discuss overtime. You know what? We're just running out of players. We got to save them for the playoffs. Uh, We're just, we're sitting all of our starters now. That's what we're doing. We're sitting all of our starters. Nobody's going to score. We would have to pause the show. Actually, we... To run to the liquor store, then restart the show and pop a bottle live on air. And be like, yeah. the Steelers didn't make it. <laughs> it 
that, re- that reminds me of a funny thing my daughter said today. We were I turned on the Ravens Steelers game, and Carter, uh, my my four year old, he goes, "I'm cheering for the Ravens," and then they're like, "Who are they playing?" I'm like, "The Steelers," and my seven year old daughter goes, "The Steelers." Aren't they the guys that cheat all the time? <laughs> You're like, yeah, go to the candy drawer, help yourself. You done good yeah. today, kid. Yes, Olivia. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> uh, anyways, the Seahawks played a game today too. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I actually turned the Steeler or the Seahawks game on. Like, I just missed the opening kickoff kind of thing because I was actually watching the Ravens Steelers game in overtime. Wanted to see how that finished um just to see what kind of mood you would be in today but uh i'm like oh yeah i'm like it's 126 or whatever i'm like i better turn the seahawks game on <laughs> flip the channel it's 12 seconds into the game and the cardinals had already scored a defensive touchdown like, <laughs> what the hell did i miss yeah and of course freaking chandler jones with the the strip sack on russ and then some other defensive lineman with the scoop and score for like get to run like I don't know, like 12 yards to, to get the uh, defensive touchdown. I was like, well, that's not how I expected this game to start. <laughs> and then the very next drive, the Seahawks, of course, get the ball right back as defensive touchdown. So second drive and Russell Wilson totally redeems himself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he had a uh, 43 yard touchdown to Tyler Lockett. Just again, another one of those beautiful moon balls. Uh, Wilson to lock it. Seahawks 316. We just scored a touchdown on your ass. Um, just love to see it. I mean, I don't know what it is about Tyler Lockett in uh, State Farm Stadium or whatever the hell the, the, the Cardinals stadium is called, but he just is like a first ballot Hall of Famer every time he plays in that stadium. Uh, you know all about that. You beat oh, yeah. me in, in fantasy last year with a massive tyler lockett game oh was, was that the three touchdown one yeah yeah that was great yeah favorite player like two, 200 yards three touchdowns or something <laughs> like insane like and that. i barely beat you i think that week <laughs> yeah you did yeah yeah i needed yeah. all like 50 points that he gave me <laughs> yeah yeah he went absolutely off so he had another big game he had like 98 yards two touchdowns it was too bad he didn't get the uh the extra two yards to get i think it would have been like six straight hundred yard games or something like that. Um, would have been nice to see him get that, which I think would have been a franchise record as well. So you get a record. <laughs> you get a record and you get a record. Everybody gets records. Um, on their second touchdown drive, uh, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson had two big third down conversions, which was really nice to see. Um, I, I don't remember what the final numbers were, but I, they, they had a really high percentage on third down today, which is uh, they, they haven't been great on third down all season. So it was good to see them kind of, you know, pull up their socks and, you know, play well in the last game of the year. Um, their, their second big third down conversion, uh, which was right before the locket touchdown, uh, he went to second year tight end Colby Parkinson, who just kind of like ran up and straddled like basically right where the first down marker was just kind of sat down, waited for the ball, rushed through it to him right on the sideline. He made a nice uh, toe tap catch on the sideline there for the first down, which was great to see Uh, a young player have that sort of sense of awareness and, and ability to come down with a very important catch in that moment. Uh, What else? I mean, 
the defense looked great. The defense had, I think it was five sacks on Kyler Murray today. And I, I tweeted, which nobody replied back to me, but I don't know if the Seahawks have ever sacked Kyler Murray that many times in one game. Like yeah, to be he, able to, like he, uh, he he's he, pretty slippery. He's like he, he'll either throw it away or, you know, get ahead of the line of scrimmage basically. Right. Just like duck. Behind, like, he doesn't have to, he doesn't even have to duck. Just like stands behind his offensive line. is like, everyone's like, where'd he go? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, you know, old the trick, gravestone like, stand, stand behind the tree and they can't, they can't see me. They can't see me. Here. That's, that's, that's Kyler Murray. Like the whole game. Um, Jordan Rooks, you get a record. Uh, he broke the franchise record for tackles in a season, uh, which was previously held by Bobby Wagner. Uh, he finished this season with 183 tackles, um, which I think the previous record was 168. I want to say something like so that. What what you're saying is you calling out Jordan Brooks on Twitter was as dumb as what I had mentioned it on Twitter that it no, was. No, just wait. But wait, <laughs> there's, there's more. more. <laughs> it's a friggin' infomercial over here. <laughs> Jordan Brooks, you get another record. Uh, he tied. Bobby Wagner for the single game tackle record with 20 tackles today. Jeez. If Jordan Brooks had made that extra tackle that he missed, he would have broken two records in one game. Oh my goodness. You're so lucky. I didn't know about all these things or else I would have been ruthless on the internet line today. (laughs) I let you Um, off the hook. He missed a pretty big tackle. Um, and and like I, like we were discussing on Twitter today, my, my point more so was that like like I said like my, my tweet was you know I love Jordan Brooks but Bobby would have made that tackle and then you got all defensive <laughs> of Jordan Brooks for some reason. Oh, I didn't get defensive. And, I just I'm calling out stupid when I see it. Oh, anyways, <laughs> um, my 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 point was that like, I mean there's a lot of rumors that the Seahawks are going to move on from Bobby Wagner because he has a. $20 million cap hit next year. And I think if they cut him, it's only like 3 million in dead cap. So on paper business decisions, it does make sense to depart ways with Bobby Wagner. But when you see your, you know, young second year linebacker, miss a tackle that your what is it? 10 year veteran linebacker consistently makes, eh, maybe it's not time to move on from, from the old Wiley veteran yet. Yeah. Um, that's my opinion. It's time to, you know, re restructure his contract uh, would be right. my suggestion. Or maybe it's uh, something that the team agrees with Bobby where it's, Oh, did he make that? Sorry. I just, just I pulled the, I forgot that I have the DAZN app. So I'm, <laughs> I'm watching it on my phone on my screen left of you. Um, or I mean, what they could do with Bobby Wagner too, is you, instead of restructuring all 20 million of that, because that would be still part of the contract, you say we would like to, you know, give you a new contract, but we're going to, you know, we're going to essentially release you right now from this contract, freeing up what, like $17 million. And then we want to do a, a, a longer term extension with providing us some cap relief. That could be another option, right? They tried doing that with Richard Sherman. Yeah. Didn't Two different out. people, though. Didn't work out. Two different people. 
Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like if a team came to you and said, we still have you under contract for one more year, we would like to restructure or we're going to cut you, but we want to bring you back. Like, I think it's it's a really interesting debate. Um, uh, Our friend Sarah Ellison, who we had on the show, she's talked about this many, many times on Twitter of when teams have more than just a strict business relationship with their players where, um, you know, you're not surprising them and you're, you're telling them why you're like, you're just having those real and raw conversations. Um, you know, those kind of things can happen. And to be honest, the Ravens have done it. Maybe not with a Bobby Wagner, uh, level type player. Uh, you know, that's basically telling like, your your franchise guy like we don't think you're worth 20 million dollars but we'd still like to sign you for you know 14 this season to to give us a little bit of cap relief kind of thing um but it's all it's all about that reciprocal relationship where it's like look we have to do this you you realize we have to do this we're in a rebuild type mode we can't be paying you 20 million dollars but you are the heart of our team we need you here like who I'm just saying who knows it, it could happen just because it didn't happen with Richard Sherman wouldn't mean that uh, it's not going to happen with Bobby Wagner. But uh, yeah, I, I think you are right when it's that high profile of a guy. Uh, I think feelings sometimes get hurt a little too much. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see because Bobby's his own agent. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's, his, he represents himself. Um, so those hard conversations that, most of the time GMs have with player agents, um, they have to have face to face with Bobby, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, it'll be oh, it'll be interesting to see um what what they do with that. Um Russell Wilson had a rushing touchdown today, which I, I it's like vintage Russell Wilson where nobody's open. He scrambles. And like, right as he's like getting tackled by Buddha Baker, he just extends the ball over the goal line, which I, I, I tweeted this as well. Like he's so, so good at, at that, like just extending the ball. Like he knows where the first down marker yeah. is. He knows where situational he, awareness, right? Yeah. Situational awareness. He, he knows where the goal line is. Like even when it's like not even close to the first down, he, like if you ever see Russ scramble, and head towards the sideline. Every time he heads towards the sideline, he reaches for an extra like one or two yards on yeah. every play. Yeah, just like it, it always impresses me that he just has like that much awareness to be like extra yards, extra yards. Every oh, yard counts. Like, it's so smart. Yeah, um, but it was super. Like he was super fired up. Like probably one of the most t- fired up I've seen Russ in his time in Seattle. And like runs to the sideline, huge high five with Pete Carroll, nice. like just like you know the smack on the shoulder pad. So um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully this isn't it. Hopefully this isn't the end for. I, I know I said a couple of weeks ago it's time to move on from Pete. I guess I've most of us Seahawks fans have kind of softened on on that um, with the way they played these last five games. I know they didn't win them all, but they actually played well and looked good. Um, I don't know. Maybe Pete needs to give up some of his you know, VP of player personnel or, or whatever, you know, front office position it is he has and just be a coach again. Um, I, I, I do still think changes need to happen somewhere within the organization. Um, but I hope it's not 
it better not be Russell Wilson. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. Is Rashad Penny a thing? And guess what? <laughs> Rashad Penny's a thing, man. Holy, 100, 190 yards rushing today. Uh, career high. Uh, he had, I know he had one touchdown for sure. He may have, may have had two touchdowns. I can't remember. I only I only remember the the 62-yard just burner. There, there was a, a, gap, a gap that opened, and he just blew by everybody. Um, including Baker Mayfield. So that was uh, great to see. It's, it's, I mean, the Seahawks are at a point where they basically have no choice but to bring him back. If they don't bring him back, Seahawks fans aren't going to be happy about it. And I saw one thing today. They might even have to franchise tag Rashad Penny because that might be the cheapest they can get him. That's true. I franchise, mean, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's... I, I know you said, like, are they going to franchise take him? Like, absolutely not. But now that he's come on, um, it, it at least gives you, like, I know the Seahawks have a lot of cap space. It gives you at least one more year to see what you have, like, making sure he can stay healthy, making sure he can, you know, keep playing like he has on the tail end of this season. I When you have, excuse me, when you have that much cap space, why not? Why not at least see what you have in him before you give it up? I, I think he's a better option at this point than Chris Carson. I mean, everyone always uh, bags on Rashad Penny for not being able to stay healthy. Chris Carson's not been able to stay healthy either. So I, I at this point, I'd rather go with the guy that's a little bit younger, uh, a lot fresher legs yeah. than Chris Carson. Hasn't taken as much of a, of, of a beating as Chris Carson. Um, and just roll the dice with, with Rashad Penny. That is... And, How is that not a penalty? And maybe um, maybe you, you know, draft a running back in the mid rounds to kind of, you know, be a backup or or be somebody to overtake Rashad Penny if his contract is too much or if he still is getting hurt or if he regresses back to his old ways. Like there's so many options at that point. It's always they a better have. problem to have, right? They have options already. They they still have DJ Dallas and Travis Homer under contract. Yeah. They have Josh Johnson, who was an undrafted free agent this year. Um, didn't get any touches, but from what I saw from of college tape, uh, that's a guy that I would like to see more of for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, give give him more opportunities next season. I'm okay with that, but I I think it's you know talking about needing to make changes. I think it's time to make a change at the running back position. It's time to move on from Chris Carson and, uh, and, and get some, some fresher legs back there. Uh, a couple more things here. Uh, Gerald Everett talk about time to make some changes. The Gerald Everett experiment did not work out. Um, he had more moments this year that I remember negatively than I do remember positively. Um, he had that game a couple weeks ago that, was you know i think he had two fumbles he basically created a russell wilson interception today he had probably what was going to be the easiest touchdown of his entire career he was wide open and rushed through like just a little moon ball floater to him it hit him in I the hand and he dropped it um I, so I, I i give my boy will disley a chance <laughs> Um, I mean, he looked good and his really good in his first two seasons. Um, unfortunately got hurt in both of those first two seasons and 
the Seahawks haven't really trusted him since. Um, but I'd say give my give my guy a chance uh, to to be the number one tight end. Colby Parkinson is another guy uh, that should get more field time. Um, you know, Gerald Everett was supposed to be the key to the Shane Waldron offense. He was supposed to be the guy that unlocks everything and and just makes it like, oh my god, like this offense is so great. And he just he wasn't. And I'm 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 ready to to say sayonara. Um, we always like to make fun of the Jaguars fans cheering for their team <laughs> to lose yeah. um, in their home stadium. Why doesn't anybody talk about the Cardinals fans? I was watching the Seahawks game today, and late in the fourth quarter, loudly you could hear a Seahawks chant really? in the Cardinals stadium. And I don't know, man. Like You don't see that in too many other you know, away stadiums. You don't see Niners fans coming up to Seattle or, or, uh, I mean, you don't even see that happen when Seahawks fans go to down to San Francisco or, and so I don't know that Cardinals fans be better. There, there's a reason why you're kind of like the, the forgotten child in the NFC West. Um, you know, none of us view you as a rival. Um, it's cause your fans suck. The team's just kind of like, eh, whatever you just kind of, you just kind of exist. Um, so I don't know, be better. And lastly, uh, Quandre Diggs. Oh, God. Absolutely crushed for Quandre Diggs. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened. He got hurt uh, late, 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 late in the game, like four or five minutes left in the game, maybe even less than that left in the game. And, like, it was bad. Like, immediately players were, like, helmets off, kneeling around him. Mm. The benches kind of cleared out, like – Fox didn't show him on the ground. They didn't show the replay of the injury. Like they knew instantly it was serious. Um, th- he had to get carted off the, off the field, uh, air cast on his leg. And Dang. they show, they show him on the cart. He's got tears running down his face. He's absolutely bawling. Uh, they showed DJ Reed cornerback for the Seahawks. He's crying. Um, like I guess at, at one point he threw his helmet in anger. He was so mad about the situation. Um, and I just can't help but, but feel for the guy. It turns out he dislocated his ankle and broke his fibula. Dang. Yeah, so he's uh, staying back in Arizona tonight, getting surgery tomorrow. Kind of a cool part of the story is Tyler Lockett is actually, he went to Pete Carroll and asked for permission to not fly back um, to Seattle with the team so he could stay back with Quandre Diggs. And when asked about it, Tyler's like, that's my brother, man. Like, that's, yeah. I got to be here for him. Um, Good for him. So that that part of it is really cool. And I mean, part of the reason why I'm so gutted for him, and I'm sure why, you know, a a lot of other guys are gutted for him. I mean, he's been nothing but the ultimate teammate since being here. He's a leader on this team. He represents the Seahawks so well. He plays hard. He was going to the Pro Bowl. Um, But he's a free agent. He's a free agent mm. uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow when he wakes up, he's a free agent. He's he's on the open market now with a surgically re- repaired leg, right? Um, and it just, I mean, it's like I shades of Earl Thomas, like it, right? Exactly, exactly what happened to Earl Thomas in the same in the same stadium and everything. Um, I mean, and it's just like us Seahawks fans are really starting to hate that stadium in Arizona. 
Earl Thomas played his last game in a Seahawks uniform in that stadium. Yeah. Cam Chancellor played his last game in a Seahawks uniform in that stadium. Richard Sherman played his last game in a Seahawks uniform in that stadium. Cliff Averill played his last game in a Seahawks uniform in that stadium. We have suffered a lot of injuries uh, to very important players in that stadium, and I'm really hoping that this isn't the last time we see Quandre Diggs in a Seahawks uniform. Um, Hopefully the the team does right and see how much uh, value he brings to the roster uh, and re-signs him. Uh, that's that's what I'm really hoping for is that, that they bring him back. Him and Jamal Adams as a team in the backfield um, have been phenomenal. So, Yeah, it was actually the first thing that I thought of when I – like I didn't actually see it happen, and I, I don't need to go back and watch that, but it was the first thing that I – you know, obviously Earl Thomas coming to the Ravens from the Seahawks. I know that story, you know, more than just from you uh, – you know, being friends with me and being a Seahawks fan. So that was the first thing I thought of was like, oh man, not again. Like, although I do know a team that's looking for uh, DBs at least. Back off. You back off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, and and I'm glad Fox didn't show it. I have no idea what happened. Like other than reading that he dislocated his ankle and broke his leg and like seeing him in an air cast, obviously I knew he probably broke his leg, um, but not having not seen the actual play or the replay. Um, I'm really happy about, and sorry, I have one last thing to add before I'm done here on my Seahawks, Russell Wilson, you get a record as well. Um, <laughs> Russell Wilson is now the winningest quarterback in a player's first 10 seasons breaking a tie with Peyton Manning. Uh, he has 113 wow. wins, uh, including postseason. Huh. So, which if Peyton Manning could actually win in the postseason it, early on in his career, um, nobody probably would have even come close to, to something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad uh, my guy, Russ, is now, the, yeah, the, the winningest quarterback in his first 10 seasons. So I love in this chargers raiders game how they keep panning back to those two idiots wearing a steelers jersey (laughs) just like i don't understand those like i'm going to raiders in a chargers game but i'm going to wear my steelers to make sure that one of these teams wins like is is that your like ultimate goal i guess i don't know 65 seconds left Um, here we go Anyways, that's my my Seahawks recap. Um, I mean, it, all in all, disappointing season, not the way I expected it to go. I obviously started the year with a lot of optimism. Um, the Russ injury didn't help. Um, the offense couldn't click right away. Um, but if there's one thing I've learned being a sports fan, there's always next year. There's always next year. Um yeah, I was actually going to start the Ravens thing on a different note, but <clears throat> it makes a lot of sense to talk about the exact same thing that happened on my team. Um, it, it wasn't in the last five minutes, but it was closer to the end of the game because he was having himself another phenomenal game. Uh, Ravens outside linebacker Tyus Bowser uh, reported that he might have torn his Achilles in this game. Oh. so. That's, I mean, these big injuries in, you know, January means that these guys probably aren't starting the season playing football. Like Achilles is, and Achilles is, you're looking at a 12 month recovery. You know, I'm always going to be hopeful that 
anybody, not just people from my team, but anybody uh, returns healthy and earlier than what's projected. I mean, look at Cam Akers. Look at Derrick Henry. Like the, I know they're kind of like special kind of specimens almost, but like if, if certain guys can come back from injuries, uh, my hope is that uh, Tyus Bowser can come back from injury because man, was he having himself a year. Um, so it, it just, it sucks seeing those guys go out like that in a game where they get eliminated, especially um, obviously it's a little different when you're already eliminated and you get injured. That's going to cut into your next year's season. Um, but just injuries suck. Um, a, a big, big, big record has, I don't, I don't know if I don't want to call it a record, but the end of an era has happened in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, punter Sam Cook has missed his first career pass in the NFL today. They tried a, a fake punt. Sam Cook threw it. It was it was a nice throw. It was a little off target, not by much. Uh, I thought it was pass interference on the, I don't know what they call the people, you know, covering the gunners, but he was just draped all over Tylen Wallace. Uh, Sam Cook was, it was either seven for seven or eight for eight um, with quite a few yards uh, as a passer in the NFL. So his perfect record has now fallen. And I see you looking attentively this is for the game or the tie. Vegas kicks, and it is going to be good. The Vegas Raiders are going to the playoffs. Damn, that means the Steelers are in the playoffs. I quit. I quit this podcast. I really wanted to see a tie there. More than anything, I wanted to see a tie there. We were so close. We were so close to a tie. Yeah, um, yeah that sucks. Uh I was going to say if the, the Chargers made it in, they were going to be the ones that I, I was cheering for. But whatever. Sucks to suck. I know the feeling. You guys know the feeling now. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So Sam Cook misses a, a pass uh, for the first time ever. Um, yeah, they're, they started off this game very, very sloppy. Uh, the Ravens committed a fumble that they lost, which uh, center Bradley Bozeman uh, snapped it into his own butt. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Huntley picked it up very casually, nonchalantly, instead of just falling on the damn football. Like when things go wrong like that, just fall on the football, call it a play, move on from it. Like things like that happen, but no, of course, TJ Watt punches the ball out. The Ra- or the the Steelers get the ball back. Uh, Tyler Huntley also threw an interception in the first quarter. Um, he had himself, I think, an awful day. And uh, for everybody, including our friend Ted Wong, who was asking me about, like, well, what do you actually think? I mean, he wasn't saying the Ravens should move on from Lamar, but there has been some chatter around the NFL and some so-called Ravens fans who are saying, or we're saying, I would imagine, move on from Lamar Jackson. You won't have to pay him. Roll with Tyler Huntley. You're going to save all this money in cap space. And I'm just thinking, like, are you insane? Are you out of your mind? Like, Lamar Jackson would have won one of these four games 
for the Baltimore Ravens, and they would be a playoff team if Lamar Jackson was not hurt. I guarantee that. And I think Tyler Huntley played very well overall as a starter for the Baltimore Ravens in relief of Lamar Jackson, but he is not Lamar Jackson. And I just really hope that all of this silly talk about letting Lamar go is kiboshed. Don't be idiots. Know what you have. Know what you have is a an insanely talented young man. First time ever getting injured. Uh, I'm looking forward to Lamar being back next year. Uh, Tyler Huntley ended the day 16 for 31 with two interceptions and that fumble we talked about. His passer rating was a paltry 37.2. Sam Cooke, his passer rating was 39.6 and he was 0 for 1 on the day. So how they come up with those pass ratings, I'll never know. Um, Huntley had some good runs on the ground though. He had 72 yards on the ground, but, uh, as an all around quarterback, I, I thought he didn't do enough to, to allow the Steeler or to allow the Ravens, uh, to win someone who kind of came on strong today though, that I just wanted to highlight really quickly. Latavius Murray had 150 rushing yards. He hasn't, you know, been featured more than, uh, Devonte Freeman, but he was busting off, uh, r- huge rushes. Uh, in the second half, he went for a 46 yard touchdown run. Got me all excited. I was like, "Woo, let's go. Ravens are rolling. Like this is what we were missing. These big plays, especially from the running back positions. Um, what a way to open up the half. He then comes back in the next series with a 22 yard run uh, followed by the very next run, a 27-yard run. So he he was rolling, and I just giving him a little shout-out. I know he's most likely not going to be with the Ravens next year, but uh, he had himself a good day. Mark Andrews is a friggin' beast. Uh, you know, another great day, eight receptions, 85 yards. He was just shy of breaking the all-time tight end receiving yards, uh, record uh, passing Travis Kelsey. I think he was only like, I want to say he was like 50 to 60 short, uh, which is phenomenal. Like that, it's a phenomenal season uh, for a guy who just signed a big contract and he is proving he is worth every penny that they spent on him. Uh, he did set a single season receptions record uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. He passed Derek Mason who held the record or set the record in 2007 with 103 catches. So now the uh, most receptions and most receiving yards in Baltimore Ravens franchise history belong to our tight end, which is kind of cool. So congratulations uh, to Mark Andrews monster season. I am so excited to see where he takes it and, and how he can build off of that going forward um, I, I don't think that's his best season as a pro. I, I, I believe by the time he retires, he will have a better season than that because he's so young and he's just getting, when you think about the grand scheme of things, he's just getting acclimated into the NFL. Now him and Lamar hopefully will have a regular, you know, off season at some point in this crazy COVID world we call. Um, and a couple other things there. There's a lot of 
I know you have talked a lot so far in the last few weeks about um, should Pete Carroll go? Should Shane Waldron go? Well, the Ravens are not an exception to these conversations. There's people saying John Harbaugh needs to go. There are people who have been on the uh, Fire Greg Roman train forever. Um, my thing is this. They put up an 8-9 and nine season. I don't think anybody is free of uh, blame in this season. I, th- I think there was a lot of, ex- uh, you know, external issues that, you know, played with their season in terms of injuries and, and, you know, they, they had the one game there where most of their team was out with COVID. Uh, but guess what? You have to win games. Uh, you, you can't lose six in a row to end the season. So they were first in the AFC at an eight and three record. And if you would have told me back then at eight and three, whatever episode we did there, by the way, Steve, the Ravens just have to win one of their last six games to make the playoffs. I would have said, easy money, baby. I'm not even going to watch them. Like, sign me up. We're going to the playoffs. But guess what? Nothing comes free in the NFL. And so I think if your GM is smart, and I believe Eric DaCosta is very smart, he's going to have these tough conversations with everybody. He's going to have tough conversations with John Harbaugh. Absolutely. He's the head coach of this team. They put up an 8-9 record. Would they be smart to get rid of him? Absolutely not. I am a huge Harbaugh supporter, and uh, I think in a wild year like this, you kind of have to ask yourself, what is the alternative? If you think Harbaugh has lost the locker room and he's not a good coach anymore, um, and he's stagnant, and he's just bringing the same ideas, then okay, I guess it's time to go. If you've become complacent, you probably have to go. I don't see that from John Harbaugh. I see a guy that's going for the win when his team is decimated at the end of a game to try and win, to try and preserve, you know, the longevity health of this team to finish off a season. I see a guy going for fourth down situations when, you know, five years ago, he wouldn't have gone for those. Um, I see a guy who has evolved Lamar Jackson from the Joe Flacco era and has put up, you know, this season obviously didn't put up a winner, but he, he has put up some winning seasons. And again, if you want Harbaugh to go, who's the replacement? Who's better right now that you are going to get to lead this team who still is in a win now mode with Lamar Jackson, not making the the big bucks. Um, And I don't think that person exists out there. So we'll see. My opinion on the coordinators is I think uh, they both share some blames in the stuff that happened. And again, I, I think you just can't, these teams that fire their coach the day after everything goes down and like your emotions are just at the highest point. You're, you're fired up. You're like, I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs. Like this isn't us. And then you make these like just, brash decisions I think that's how you turn into the Jacksonville Jaguars I think that's how you turn into the Cleveland Browns of old where it's just like everything is so reactionary that you're not making the best decision for your football club because you are making an instant decision when 
you know, your emotions are heightened. So I, I, whatever decision Eric DaCosta makes, uh, he has so much more information on how to build a team and how to build a winner and, and what he's got in front of them than I do. I just really hope he takes his time, steps back from the emotional turmoil of losing this last game. Um, and just, I guess, overview the team and really give yourself an honest, hard look in the mirror and say, what do we need to do to be a winner? And maybe that involves moving or replacing some of these coaches, but maybe also it doesn't. And uh, I, I think you need to look at the entire season's body of work. What went well? What didn't go well? What would change if we made changes? And who's out there should we need to make changes? And I'm going to leave this one on a positive note because uh, that's what I've been preaching to people on Twitter. Eric DaCosta has a lot of ammunition for the Ravens 2022 draft. And we just found out that we are going to be getting the 14th overall pick this year coming up. They have never picked at number 14. The closest is number 12 and number 16. Number 12, they picked Haloti Nada. That kind of worked out for us, I'd say. And at number 16, they picked Marlon Humphrey. I would also say that worked out for us. Um, so I, I think they're going to get an instant playmaker. They've got five picks in the top 105 picks. Uh, we're going to lose a lot of players. We're going to have a lot of ammunition to get players back. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about the season. It was it was a tough season. Obviously not the way I wanted to end. I wanted to end Ben Roethlisberger's career crying in M&T Bank Stadium. Um, but I guess that's going to have to wait a week uh, to see him cry and never play football again. So it gives me something to cheer against, at least. Like, I, I don't really have anybody to cheer for uh, in the upcoming games. I I, like I said, I was going to pick the Chargers if they got in. They didn't. I don't know. I'm not going to make any crazy decisions, but maybe tomorrow I will announce um, who I am cheering for going forward. I've got my team set. Who, who are yours? Let's hear yours. I'm going to I'm going to tighten up. Go Tennessee. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's that's it. You're just rolling it. one. Okay. Rolling one because I hate every single team in the NFC. So uh, I'm rolling with the, with the Titans this year. See, I don't I don't have that like massive hate for a lot of teams. Um, I'm going to say the Raiders because they're playing the Bengals. So suck at Liam. Um, the Chiefs are playing the Steelers. It, yeah, because the Titans got the bye. So I honestly. I hope both those teams lose eventually, but obviously I want to see the Steelers just get blown out at Arrowhead. Like, I don't know, 79 to two. Some, <laughs> somehow they get like a safety or something like that. I don't know. Maybe 79 to nothing. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one on who to yeah, pick. The, the only team I could possibly cheer for in the NFC is the Eagles, but meh. Screw them. Go Titans. Yeah, the Eagles would be fun. A couple Alabama boys there. Um, maybe, maybe I'll get really. We'll we'll have a little beef here, and I'll cheer for the Rams. 
and end stream quit show. <laughs> See you guys. The Ballhawks <laughs> podcast has ended their reign. Uh, um, the okay, Ballhawks podcasts are on hiatus until Steve gets a brain. <laughs> no, I like the Rams. They're flashy. They're fun. Um, uh, all right. Enough, enough talks of teams that aren't ours in the playoffs. Let's go to everyone's favorite time of the week. Everyone's favorite segment brought to you by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. It's the third down segment. What do you have for us today, Chris? Yes. Once again. Third down. Let's go. Is once again presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. Be sure to go sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club at badtattoobrewing.com. You can get fresh beer, the freshest beer, shipped right to your doorstep all across Canada, whether you be are in PEI or Vancouver Island, wherever you are in Canada, you can get that beer shipped right to your doorstep and you want to order the winter mix pack. You don't want to miss out on those beers. Yeah. I'm doing dry January right now, so I've got a couple oh. of the peanut butter chocolate porters sitting in my beer fridge right now <laughs> waiting for me for February 1st. And man, they're gonna taste good on February first. Maybe I'll save them for Super Bowl. I don't know yet. I I realized that I hadn't had a beer all of January until uh, this Friday, and after I played hockey, and I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I want a beer." <laughs> I'm not doing it because it's like, "Oh, it's dry January." Like I usually do this like once or twice a year, anyways. So I'll usually do like one or two months a year. Um, it, it's for health reasons that I'm not drinking this month. It's time to, it's time for Chris to be a little healthier and get some things back on track and drinking, um, reverses all of those things. So that's why I'm doing dry January, but you guys shouldn't, you no. guys should go to badtattoobrewing.com and order beer. I mean, I might go order some beer just to like tempt me till February 1st. <laughs> it's like, I'll just like stick it on my kitchen table and it'll stare at me every day and be like, drink me like alice in wonderland like that little little vial drink me and i'm gonna drink it and suddenly i'm gonna grow so big and i, don't, I, don't, I, I don't won't know what to happen. do You're like i don't even uh, have to work out i just grow from this <laughs> oh trust me i just grew i do grow from beer in all the in all the wrong areas <laughs> uh any anyways speaking of growing this week for the third down presented by bad tattoo Kelowna. I have the gym class heroes showdown. Okay. So little after a bit of a extended break for all the kiddos here in uh, British Columbia, the kids are going back to school, which means, uh, you know, some of those kids are gonna have to go to uh, physical education class tomorrow. And, uh, and teacher Steve Fisher is going to put them through the ringer. I'm sure. Um, so this week I have some showdown showdown of some of the, I don't know, classic gym class activities, sports that at least I remember from my childhood. Maybe they don't exist anymore, but uh, Steve, are you ready? Uh, this is a definitely a weird one for me, but uh, I think I, I've got the education to, to to get the first down on this one. So I'm ready. Let's do it. Third down. You teach gym class, don't you? I do. Now, if, you, if you don't get a first down on this one, yikes. All if right. I don't get a first uh, down, I'm quitting this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
first matchup, we have volleyball versus basketball. It's kind of like the, like one of the, the two that I remember like most from like the later years of elementary school, where it's just like, what are we going to do today? Let's do basketball. Let's do, let's set up the volleyball nets or the volleyball nets are already here. Let's do this. So volleyball versus basketball, Steve. Well, you've got your, your classic uh, indoor showdown here. So you've got your, you know, now uh, obviously we have a, a lot more students in, uh, in one, in a lot of schools. And so your gym time is kind of, uh, limited at best. So you've got one in volleyball, which is part of a most, most schools have this as their, their indoor fall unit. And then you've got basketball, which is your winter one. Um, this is a really tough one for me. These are two, these are two of my favorites. Um, I just, I, I have nostalgic memories of both of these, not only in high school, but also elementary. I, these are the ones that I remember uh, going to tournaments to. And and we would go to, you know, you would play, I don't know, like four or five different schools from, from around your district or, or wherever you were. Uh, and, and there was nothing better because you're supposed to be in school during those days. Uh, but instead, it was basketball tournament day, and you you get the day off, and you get to go play basketball, and usually have some food and stuff like that. Um, I'm going basketball in this one. Okay. I don't know why. Like usually, I have a reason for these. Um, I don't know. Maybe to piss my teaching partner off because she's she's a volleyball coach. She just won nationals actually with. Uh, hey with the, the Bouchery Bears. A little shout Bouchery out to the Bouchery Bears. Bears. They won... Nationals? Per, or, uh, sorry, Provincials. Provincials? They won Provincials. Okay. It, was, it was a big one for them, so... I When I was in my senior year, my grade 12 year, the senior boys volleyball team won Provincials. Nice. And same thing. I, I remember it being a it very a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. 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 Like, I wasn't even on the team. I was like, hell yeah, that's my school. <laughs> so... Yeah. Hell yeah, that's still my school. So congratulations to your teaching partner. <laughs> um, so I guess if uh, if I started indoors, let's go outdoors for this next matchup. We have California Kickball versus Ultimate Frisbee. Ooh, couple of good ones. Um, <sighs> Ultimate Frisbee is a bit of a new. Like I remember that like maybe being introduced in like grade 11 i want to say like that was a bit of a later one in my school years yeah when i was going to school too it didn't get introduced until those senior years uh we do ultimate frisbee at the middle school level um kids usually have a lot of fun with that one i i feel like it's one of those ones where you know who hasn't really thrown a frisbee it it's kind of like um you know we do we do a badminton unit uh in in the spring and it, it's another one of those ones where you you've done these things, you know, out camping or, or out at a park with friends. Uh, but I'm a b- big fan of those, those kickball variations, whether it's California kickball or, or, you know, you can, you can make any variation of kickball. And I just, I feel like it's more accessible for all students to just kick a ball and run. Right. As opposed to, you know, when you throw a Frisbee, it's, it's quite technical and, and catching a Frisbee on the run is, is, you know, a little more challenging. So, um, from a teacher perspective, I'm going to say it's 
a little more fun seeing, you know, more of your students into it. And I, I tend to see more of that with uh, the kickball unit. So I'll pick kickball. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved kickball. One of my favorite variations is actually an indoor one. Um, I believe my teacher called it belly ball. Uh, belly it baseball. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or like mat ball where like they put out those big crash mats. Yeah. And so it's kickball, but you kick, you kick the ball, but then it's also like a, got a dodgeball like variant to it yeah. where if, if they catch the ball and you're not on the on the mat they can throw it at you and then you're out but like, yeah. if you're on the mat you're safe and yeah that that one is uh was one of my favorite variations of of kickball for sure and you'd come uh, running into the bases and do like this big belly flop onto the big bases and it's it's fun right like you get fun. to you get yeah. to be goofy and fun yeah one of actually one of my best athletic feats was in uh belly baseball i was i don't know how like the girl was like maybe two feet away from me, not even. And I was like standing there and I went to take the step as I was going to go on the mat. She threw the ball. I took the step back. It somehow missed me. And I jumped on the mat. (laughs) Still to this day, don't know how I did it. Greatest athletic feat. (laughs) One of the greatest athletic feats of my life is in gym class when I was 14 years old or something like that. Here, I thought you were like a competitive lacrosse player and you actually did some cool things there. Oh, yeah, I did cool, lots of cool things there. But like I expected to do those cool things. Doing cool things at school is, <laughs> gives you streak, gives you street cred. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, my. Uh, you know who has no street cred? People that say street cred. That's right. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> A street cred. <laughs> Next matchup, we have uh, the matchup of the of two things that always when like the teacher said, "Oh, this is what we're doing today." You always kind of like groaned. I was like, "Oh no, not oh, this you're today." Of, you're one of those. I'm. I was. I mean, for one of the one of these two things, I was for the one that I didn't like the milk run. Hated it. Uh, versus the beep test. Didn't hate the beep test. Wait, so I'm picking between two things that you hated? No, I I didn't hate the beep test. I actually liked the beep test. Okay. So the explain what the milk run is to me cuz I I don't actually know what that is. Uh basically we had a was, milk run when I was going to school, but uh it could be something different. I think it was like maybe a kilometer run. Okay. Like a, a run around the block like like I said, I want to say maybe it was a kilometer and then they gave us milk at the end. So it was the milk run. Really? Yeah. And you guys got it easy. You had, you had to run a kilometer and then you got a free thing of milk. Something like that. That's sweet. I don't know why you'd groan for that. Um, well, my class, uh, are way bigger athletes than you, Chris. Uh, they do a warm up run is what we call it. And it's about a kilometer and sometimes they groan, but most of the time they actually do a really good job of uh, of pushing themselves and setting goals. Um, and you know me, I'm huge into fitness, so um, I actually don't do the beep test with any classes, and I've never done it for specific reasons. Uh, so I'm picking your milk run or what we would call a warm-up run, um, just because I, I, I like daily activity where you it, it's not too tough everyone looks at like the beep test and they think to themselves like oh the beep test is going to kill me well it turns out it actually did for some people 
uh, which is why I specifically don't use it. So I, I like seeing when when kids can set a goal in in whatever athletic thing they want to do. You know, this this one would be like a little warm up run, um, and and they feel good about it when you can give them strategies to kind of uh, you know beat their run by like two seconds and in a second and. And I, I keep track of them and then I show them like where they've gone from like September all the way to June. And it's kind of cool when a kid's like, whoa, I took like a minute and a half off my run. I'm like, yeah. So I'm picking the warm up run or your milk run. I, I kind of cheated that one because I don't give my kids milk after they run. Like to me, milk is like, all I can think like of a, is Anchorman, right? Like milk is such a bad choice. Yeah, oh, like, no, so like, it was like a thing and like they like had like, like medals for like the top three finishers. Like it wasn't like to just gym class. Like it was like a school. Oh, like, I see. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. almost like, like a track and like field like kind a, of thing. It was like a once. No, yeah, it was like a once a year thing. Like weird. And like I said, like I think it was a kilometer. I don't really remember because I hated it, and I actually I cheated one year. Um, of you did. Me and my me, yeah, me and my best friend cheated, and we we did the run, and then we started pe- see we saw people starting to head back. We're like, let's just turn around and head back, and we actually got medals for being like two of the top three finishers oh, we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that meddling teacher <laughs> good for that teacher he, you he like came in right behind us he's like no 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 these guys didn't even do the run <laughs> he's right we didn't can we still have our milk though <laughs> <laughs> do you have chocolate or strawberry <laughs> no it was plain white milk but. do you have any like nesquik or something we can throw in this chocolate milk for you know like real upstanding <laughs> students like us yeah yeah hey there's one thing i wasn't it was an outstanding student so i've heard yeah uh yeah yeah (laughs) fun fact one of t steve's teaching partners is one of my old teachers all great things though chris all great things yeah yeah surprisingly she does say great things to you about me i don't know why i was like i don't Um, think it's the same chris yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. I, I don't think it's the same Chris either. Did you teach two Chris? Like Chris and Phillips are pretty like common names. Maybe you're like, maybe it was Phillips Chris that you actually taught, and you're just getting them backwards. Yeah, it was a different kid at that school that you definitely remember because it's not me. Uh, anyways, uh, she was a great teacher. Um, the 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 last matchup, I'm going to call it the heavyweight matchup because we all looked forward to these days. Dodgeball versus floor hockey. Oh, interesting. I, I kind of assumed one of those was going to be in there. Um, probably two heavyweights when I was going to school. Um, you already know where my answer is going with this. And blah, more, blah, blah. I met my wife playing dodgeball. Yeah, it's it's more than just <laughs> the fact that you know I I play dodgeball outside of school and, and I do think it's a great game. There's so many variations you can do with dodgeball. Um, the one that I've been playing for the last few years that gets, and I'm not exaggerating a hundred percent of kids sweating uncontrollably because they're just so into this game is everybody's at dodgeball. And like, basically you hit somebody they sit down when the person who hit you gets hit, you get to stand back up. So like, I'm trying to teach them about like alliances and like backstabbing people and, and strategy on how you can be the one to win. And it's a game that honestly, I've never seen a grade seven student win this game. Not once have I seen a, a full class because you have to get every other person out. 
So, you know, the competitive juices start flowing with all these kids and they're trying to make teams and, and someone in their team like backstabs them and they make a new team. And it's just so fun to watch as a PE teacher. My goal for everything is to get kids up moving active. That That's literally my, my biggest goal. I want everybody to participate. I want you to, you know, get a good workout in essentially, whether that's running through dodgeball or, or, or playing basketball or, or whatever, the, whatever the activity is that you get, you know, your heart rate up and you're, you're active. So it's dodgeball for me. Uh, that that's the one I like to them to, you know, that, sorry, that's the one I see them, uh, you know, getting really involved in. And it, that's a lot of fun for me as a teacher. So it's like a free-for-all dodgeball? Like it's no a free-for-all. Like- no teams, but there's like unwritten teams and like... Um, Alliances. And- yeah, and it, you know, going back to volleyball there, when uh, in the fall when the volleyball nets are set up, um, you know, and, and your class has has a gym period and maybe, maybe some kids aren't as into volleyball and, you know, you want to reward them. I have this really fun variation of everybody's at dodgeball with the volleyball nets set up and, and you can't, you can throw under the, under the nets, but you can't go under the nets. You can only like run through the middle of the, of the nets. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of engagement. So that's why I would pick it. Yeah. All right. So quick recap, uh, dodgeball. Uh, kickball, California kickball or kickball, uh, the milk run <laughs> and basketball. Uh, Steve, I, again, I could probably guess, but what's your MVP? I think this is a lot tougher than you think it is. Um, all of those four that I picked, I really enjoy teaching them. Um, to be honest, everything I teach, I actually enjoy teaching, um, or I would just change it and do something else. Um, it is coming down to dodgeball and kickball and uh, this is so, so it's coming down to these two because there's so many variations of both of these games. And and that's what makes a, a champion of these gym class hero games is, you know, basketball, it's pretty hard to do a bunch of variations of basketball. You can do like bump and you can do dribble knockout and, and all these fun kind of like off games of it or running. Obviously, you can do some some different things with running or tag games or stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think you you knew you think you know what I'm going to pick, but. I've got like these two like people on my shoulders like, oh, pick the one you really like. And this one's like, oh, pick the one that more people would want you to pick. Uh, I am going to, you know what? Since I said it was all about variation, I'm going to pick kickball because you can play kickball. There's a lot of variations you can play of kickball outside as well as inside it's a lot harder to play dodgeball variations outside. So I'm thinking like spring or uh, early fall when it's way too hot to be in the gym and you just want to be outside in the nice weather. Uh, You can do some California kickball. You can do other variations of kickball. So I'm going way off of my script and picking kickball for the champion this time. I Jedi mind tricked you and I knew you were going to pick kickball. (laughs) No, you didn't. I did because I was like... As a he thinks, I'm probably thinking like, oh, he's going to pick dodgeball. I'm like, no, he's going to pick between dodgeball and kickball, but he's going to eventually pick kickball. 
Anyways, so Kickball is your MVP of the gym class heroes. I loved Kickball. Kickball is one of those games that, like, no, everyone was excited to play Kickball because everyone so. could, like you said, everyone could play Kickball, whether it be indoors, whether it be outdoors, whatever, whatever variant um, existed or, or the teacher decided to throw at us that day. Kickball, I mean, at the end of the day, Kickball was Kickball and it was still a lot of fun. Like, oh man, like, I wonder how far I can kick this <laughs> thing today, right? Like, like and then and someone's like, out in the field and they catch it on you and you're like, oh, right, I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, or like the the indoor ones, like oh, like I'm gonna try and kick it into like the far basketball net, yeah. and like yeah, like that. It was always fun, like trying trying to do those things, and like if you did hit it, kick it into the basketball net, it was like automatic home run. Yeah, and, like, yeah, always a lot of fun. Um, oh, let's see, you know, you're you're close, you're like you're you're close. Like I, we're we're gonna have to pull out the chains here on this one. I wonder, I wonder if bring Liam. Bring I wonder bring if bring Liam's it. still on. <laughs> He's the booth on these. All right, and, and we're measuring, and uh, let's see here. <laughs> Love you're like tight. ah fourth down. Oh, give it. me a break! It wasn't. I love kickball, but it's because you chose the milk run. Thank yourself. <laughs> It was the milk run or the beep test. There was a, there was a flag on the play. You push yourself back five yards. You couldn't make it up. Um, just, sorry, man. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Well, just like you were wrong at the start of the show, you're also wrong at the end of the show. And oddly enough, in the middle of the show. Um, but that's your thing. I disagree. I'm going to throw the challenge flag on this one. So if you guys want to Sorry, there's no challenges. We're chime in uh, on Twitter, I've thrown the challenge flag. So let's see uh, if people agree. Maybe we'll do a poll. Maybe when I throw my challenge, we should do this for, for next season is I should get like two challenge flags a year. And then when I throw the challenge flag on third down, we have to take it to a Twitter poll to see whether the call is overturned or whether it's stand, that would be kind of fun. You can give them like all the, the matchups, what I picked and then who the MVP was. Mm. <laughs> Cause you know, you would be wrong. <laughs> you know, you'd be wrong on this one. You I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong, Steve. Um, Haven't you learned that yet? Yeah. All right. We're, uh, we're over the hour and a half marker here. So we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, another fun episode. We're going to be back next week. Uh, not talking about our teams, but you know, it's playoffs. Hey, maybe we will. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. I just want to win a game. I just want to win a game. Um, thank you again to uh, Lake Therapy Apparel, who is our newest sponsor. You guys are going to see some of that gear coming out soon. But if you don't want to wait for that, because why would you want to wait a whole week? Uh, go to laketherapyapparel.ca. Check out some of their merchandise. And again, use the code BALLHAWKS, all capitals, to get 10% off of your order. There's no minimums in there. Um, the shipping is super fast on it too. Uh, I, I mean, we're in BC, you know, just a few hours away from where they're based out of, but uh, very quick uh, shipping with that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks again to Bad Tattoo Kelowna for being our third down sponsor. And uh, 
we are also on the Dean Blundell Network. You can check out our episodes and our articles there at deanblundell.com. And I kind of don't want to give you the fir- the last word here because you're a goon, but I'm a nice guy, so I'll do it reluctantly. I was going to say, did you see me just throw my arms, arms up and say, what are you doing? Like, yeah, maybe I'm taking your role because you're a bad ref. You apparently are taking my role, and I'm glad Liam's no longer watching because <laughs> Liam would agree that I am a bad ref. So. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to our lacrosse days. Um, thank you guys, everyone, for listening. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Please subscribe to our YouTube page. You can find us over there as well, uh, the Ballhawks podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Even though they're not playing, uh, you know, again, till next September, I'm sure you'll see me tweeting about the Seahawks aplenty. Uh, between now and then, uh, you can find Steve over on Twitter at ssfisher87. I don't know what he's going to tweet about in the off season. Maybe food or something like that. Maybe like I don't know. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Hunting, of stuff. shooting things. Yeah. Bears. Rawr. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we really appreciate uh, everyone uh, listening to us and following us uh, through our first full NFL regular season. We're not going anywhere, though, guys. You can catch us here next week again. Uh, we're going to keep on doing this thing weekly, as we have been. And, hey, they're not playing, guys, but I'm going to say it anyways, and I mean it. Go Hawks. I'm actually stealing your last word here. Go Bama. Roll Tide. Peace. Go. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>